Good morning, and welcome to the Sacred Heart Hour here on St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. This is Father Stosh Daly joining you live in the studios here at St. Gabriel Catholic Radio, joined by Emily Jaminette. Good morning, Father. Emily, as we uh, journey with our listeners into the Sacred Heart Hour on this first Friday of the month, we begin by praying the daily offering, the morning offering prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day in union with the holy sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world. I offer them for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart, the salvation of souls, reparation for sin, and the reunion of all Christians. I offer them for the intentions of our bishops and of all apostles of prayer, and in particular for those recommended by our Holy Father this month. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Emily, on this first Friday of the month, uh, first of all, a shout-out of prayer to your mom and dad, Chuck and Joanne. They're uh, just spending some time recuperating and bouncing back. (laughs) Without a doubt, they have a scorecard on their lap as they're listening to us on the radio. (laughs) I hope we meet their expectation. uh, My dad had back surgery, and it's just... You know, I told him the other day, uh, Father, I said, your house is a reparation factory. <laughs> Just keep offering it up. And uh, for many of us, it, it makes me think of that daily offering. That's my my favorite line is that we offer up our prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day yeah. in union with the holy sacrifice of the Mass Absolutely. throughout the world. So we all have those components of our life. And, uh, you know, we want everyone's house to be a reparation factory. Offer it up, Father. <laughs> yeah. oh, that's a phrase I've grown up with. <laughs> you know, on this first Friday of the month of February, especially on this date, February 2nd, we have a convergence of some very powerful feast days. Um, and one of which is, uh, of course, the first Friday of the month. So everything we do today, we're encouraged and invited by the church to offer up in reparation for the sins committed against the heart of Jesus. First Friday of the month. But then we also have uh, two other very special moments in the life of our Lord that we celebrate today. The purification of the Blessed Virgin Mary and then the uh, presentation of the Lord Jesus in the temple. And so we, re- we recall the reality of Our Lady being strengthened and be able to make the journey. But then we also understand that there was this a law in place, a very powerful law, that the firstborn child had to be presented in the temple, offered to the Lord, the Most High. And so that really overshadows the beauty of the Lord returning to the temple, you know. Uh, early on in the Christmas season, there was, you know, the, um, you know, what we call the purification moment. But then we understand that it took time uh, for the Holy Family to gather together, to be strengthened, to be made complete, made whole after the reality of childbirth. And now they make the journey to Jerusalem to present the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, and so the, there's just like this conversion. We remember his nativity. We remember the naming of the Lord. Uh, we remember, you know, the family drawing together, uh, Jesus, Mary, and Holy St. Joseph. We remember all of these special moments. And then now today in the life of the church, uh, the Lord Jesus Christ is presented in the temple. So it's like a feast that helps us remember all of the other feasts that we have already celebrated. And yet at the same time, they can seem like they're so far in the past, mm-hmm. right? Like Christmas, we remember Christmas today. We remember the nativity of the Lord today. We remember the Magi coming. We remember the purification of Our Lady. We remember the naming of Jesus, uh, the most holy name of Jesus. We remember all of those special events, the shepherds, the uh, the Magi. And then today, we remember all of those as we recall the Lord Jesus being carried into the temple and presented to the Father. And that presentation of the Lord 
which we remember today in the life of the church on this first Friday of the month. It's just, it's just a powerful convergence of different events in the life of Jesus, and yet it's meant to be lived and considered, celebrated in the home, you know, where we dwell, uh, not just making our trek or journey to the church to pray the Holy Mass. Uh, of course, today is also popularly called Candle Mass, the blessing of candles, uh, because representing the, the return of the light of the Lord to the temple, presentation of the Lord in the temple, and it's also World Day of Prayer for Consecrated Life. So there's all of these amazing events taking place today in the life of the Church as we were celebrating, kind of like re-celebrating all of the feasts of the past weeks, and uh, it's powerful. There's a lot to consider, and there's a lot to kind of recharge our batteries as disciples, if you will. What I really love hearing what you said, it's almost like there's these we take the whole story of Christ, right? And we break it down into tiny little <laughs> ways of remembering and pondering and reflecting. And, you know, a lot of times in life, it just feels like a blur, right? Like in, even in our spiritual life, it's like, oh, that was Christmas. And now, you know, where are we? But the church is always inviting us to slow the pace and to ponder and mm. reflect on these beautiful moments in the life of Christ. And that's why it's important that we are the ones that stay plugged in because it's always being, you know, th these graces are always being invited and, and offered to us. And, and I really think the presentation is something I didn't ponder as much as I do, you know, uh, the older I get the gift of that moment, but also it also had joys and sorrows, um, you know, as Simeon and, and Anna, you know, were a part of this amazing experience right father yeah, it's not just absolutely. the the light and everything's yeah. great and you know um there yeah. there was a tremendous sorrow in that moment as well especially for the blessed mother and uh, the other thing you know a couple of years ago it was brought to my mind just in prayer it's like baby jesus wasn't the only one being brought to the temple there were other couples who had had their firstborn so there's a stream of uh situations in the life of the temple where Simeon and Anna. I mean, they were used to seeing people bring their babies to the temple. This is a practice that was commonly held, and it was essential to the covenant as it was practiced and lived out in the people of the day. And so when you kind of think about that, it was like not uncommon to see young mothers and fathers bring their children, their babies, to the temple, climbing the steps into the temple. And yet there was something markedly different about this one young mother and her husband and the baby she carried. There was something markedly different. And of course, we know from Scripture, Simeon gazes upon the face, and he sees the light of the Lord. You know, not, not like the light that comes from the light bulb, light bulb in the ceiling, but a different kind of light, the light of grace. And that's what really liberates him. It sets him free, and then he gives us that beautiful canticle of Simeon, which is prayed every day in the Liturgy of the Hours. But you're exactly right. There's, a, there's another degree. It's a heightened level of the manifestation of Jesus among us, right? He's been brought in the temple. Now, Simeon and Anna, they're not related. You know, they didn't have the angel give the announcement. They weren't the shepherds in the field or the magis off in Persia. You know, they are faithful Jews in the temple waiting for the coming of the Lord. And a lot of people were telling them without a doubt, either in edicts, commands, or whispers and rumors, he's going to come as a general, he's going to come as a leader, he's going to come as a perfect priest, he's going to come as the king, he's going to come and set us free from the reality of earthly power and dominion, Nope. He comes as a baby. He comes as the infant. And yet the light of grace that poured forth from the countenance, the face of the Christ child, it brought joy to the eyes, the face, the heart of Simeon and Anna. 
And I always like to think, you know, um, when we go to Sunday Mass, you go to a daily Mass, you know, and you'll have people who have, they have lived this life well. You know, it doesn't mean they're perfect, but they're living out their faith to the best they can, and they're mature in years. You know, they've raised their children, they've seen their grandchildren grow, and it's always amazing. Have you noticed the joy in their face when they see the young mother and father bring a newborn baby to church? It's like the, right in that experience, the joy, you know, they'll peek over and see the baby. Uh, there's a handing on of the torch, the torch of faith to another generation. Uh, the Lord has blessed us with another baby, another life, a new life. And I like to think of that in, you know, that the words of Simeon, right, in the gospel. You know, he sees an infant come to the temple, be brought to the temple. And there's just something very powerful about the human family, not just the nuclear family, the domestic church, but the human family at large. We need babies. We need new life. It keeps the joy uh, springing eternal within because it shows the Lord is blessing us with not only a continuation of the present moment, but a, a future. And uh, to think that the Lord entered into that in a very real level, once again, on this feast of the presentation of the Lord, you know, on this first Friday of the month, we recall you know, the heart of Christ beating among us, the heart of Jesus uh, emanating his fire of divine love for us, forgiving us our sins, and yet he came to us as the infant, the child. And today we remember the child being presented in the temple on this feast of the presentation of the Lord. Well, and Father, you know, as we look at this story and we, we relate it back to the Sacred Heart, you know, the joys and sorrows of life often are intermixed, right? Because this is <laughs> two a, sides of the same two coin. Sides, you know, and, and for <laughs> right. many of us, yeah. especially, you know, in our vocations, we might be exactly at that crossroad yeah. where yeah. we feel the burden of the sorrow, but the invitation of the joy yeah. is always being invited and, and presented to us. And I think that's really important to refocus our hearts because a lot of times when we do the enthronement and we have mm. these spiritual encounters and We'll talk about even some opportunities for people to reconnect, replug in, you know, with yeah. Lent and conferences and all these great things. But that sorrow sometimes yeah. is the doorway to conversion, to no, faith. So true. And what I love about Mary and Joseph and why Luke 2, Luke 1, we as Catholics need to know the scripture. We need to meditate on the yeah. scripture because it reveals so much about, you know, our roadmap to holiness. Mary, it, you know, Father, if someone would have told me at my child's baptism that you know, um, my child would bring the destiny and of and fall of many. Yeah. I I don't know if I could have ever gotten over that, you know. Yeah. And I would have yeah. lived in fear and anxiety, but instead she lived a total life of prayer and fidelity. Yeah. And and just her rock solid faith. And so let's look at those joys and sorrows and know there Jesus wants all of it, right? Our works, our joys, our sorrows, and He wants us to experience ultimately. His peace. You know, as you were speaking about the joys and sorrows, I just it just hit me literally right now. Um, Two thousand years ago, the people were expecting uh, a mature man to come in and set them free as the Messiah, the Savior, the Christ, and they received an infant. But today, when we do the enthronement of the Sacred Heart in our homes, we really want the infant. But he comes as the mature man who's the Messiah, the Christ, the King, and he starts, you know, moving everything around, turning everything upside its head, taking charge. I'm ruler. I'm king. I'm your brother. I'm your friend. And we're like, yeah, um, can I take the kid version? Yeah. <laughs> the one who's just supposed to be held instead of you, like, taking total control, total authority, and then just everything. Because oftentimes it is the case when we invite the Lord into our home, into our heart, as king, brother, and friend, as the Savior— he does take charge. He does. And then all of a sudden, you know, a common feedback is, 
you know, I thought things were going to get better through the enthronement, you know, but instead there's these challenges. And it's like, well, but in his presence, he reveals the dark corners. Mm -hmm. He reveals the wounds that we had gotten so used to living with that we didn't even realize we had. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting how 2000 years ago, people wanted the king the Savior, the Messiah, the General, the one who would totally change all of reality and set them free and, in the eyes of the world, give them autonomy. And instead, he came as the divine infant, you know, to be held and crushed. And then today, 2,000 years later, when we do the enthronement of the Sacred Heart, we would prefer the infant to come uh, so that we can still have control and authority and we still get to say what we want to do. And yet, when we bring the heart of Jesus into our home today, he does manifest the fullness of his kingdom. He starts to rearrange things. He takes control, takes dominion. And I think there's a beautiful invitation to humility there. Like, we really do have to lower our head before the Lord if mm -hmm. we're going to invite him in to our home and allow him to have uh, the altar at the center of the house, whether that be, you know, a lot of times that and altar he, is occupied. You know, he reveals so that he can heal. And Absolutely. I think that's one of the things I can't get over the fact that the Lord wants us to live the abundant life. He wants to live a fantastic life. So, when we you know hand over our hearts where the kingdom lies our homes and we say okay you're in charge you know the kids aren't ruling this house anymore you know yeah. and i th father there's some times we've gone on date night or you know my husband and i've gone out and we come home and the tv's on and the popcorn bag's still there and the pizza <laughs> box is still on the kitchen counter and you're like hold on what has been going on here right <laughs> and so i think about the faith you know the enthronement yeah. as the king is here He's going to give us the order, the it's structure true. that we need yep, because absolutely. we want the fruits of the kingdom, peace, love, and joy in our home. Now, I think we need to pause and talk about our special guest here <laughs> because we actually, we, we have a special guest here in the studio besides Dave. Tell us, Father, who is our special guest? <laughs> well, as I was leaving the <laughs> seminary to come here this morning, uh, just as I got to the door of my living quarters, I just happened to like, oh, wait, it's the presentation of the Lord, first Friday. And I happened to see off in the corner of my room this image of the infant Jesus that I brought back from Assisi several years ago. And it's the um, infant Jesus from the nativity scene. But this one is unique in the fact that he's sitting up with his arms outstretched. And he has uh, his sacred heart revealed as, as the infant, as the baby boy. Um, but, you know, there, it's something striking. Um, and actually, it's really powerful because this year we're celebrating the 800th anniversary of that live nativity in Greccio, Italy, um, that was organized by St. Francis of Assisi as they went into the Midnight Mass. So just having been there recently uh, to preach a retreat for men who are preparing for their diaconate ordination, I had a, an opportunity to spend some time in Assisi, and then I visited Greccio for the first time. And I was just kind of delving into the significance of the, the nativity, you know, living out the nativity, having it be live right before the Midnight Mass, so that we understand and appreciate the connection between the infant Jesus at the Nativity and the Eucharist, the Holy Eucharist. You know, in both states, the Lord is vulnerable, mm -hmm. waiting for us to receive him, receive him as the infant, receive him as the Holy Eucharist. And um, the particular image we have of the infant Jesus here in the studio with us today, you know, he's uh, sitting upright uh, with his heart exposed and his arms outstretched. And of course, um, that was, uh, actually that comes from the vision of St. Bridget of Sweden, who is a third order Franciscan. And um, in the nativity that Francis had organized, the Holy Virgin, Mary, was holding the infant Jesus in her arms, and St. Joseph was very near her, uh, and the people were adoring. But Bridget of Sweden, when she was on pilgrimage to the Holy Land, a third-order Franciscan, inspired by 
Holy Father Francis, she had this vision that Our Lady explained how immediately after childbirth, the infant was cleansed, wiped clean. He was wrapped in swaddling clothes, linen and wool, a mixture of two cloths that would never have been mixed. And then uh, the infant was placed just for a moment in the manger so that Joseph and Mary could kneel in adoration. Mm -hmm. And that's where the nativity scene that you and I usually have, that's where Mm -hmm. that image comes from. But then she also spoke about how the infant uh, stretched his arms out to be held. And Our Lady was saying, you know, he wanted to be picked up again. Um, But Bridget noticed that when he stretched his arms out to be held, he was in the shape of a cross, Mm -hmm. letting us know, you know, by which way he would lead us to our sanctification. We must receive him, embrace him, hold him, and the cross will be our salvation. So it's kind of like a foreshadowing moment. And it's just like all wrapped up in this beautiful image of the uh, Bambino Gesù, the baby Jesus with his heart exposed. And um, it's just a beautiful, you know, like these little, um, as Mother Angelica and your mom would always say, the holy reminders, you yes. know. And it to me, as a, to me personally, as a grown man, but also as a priest of Jesus, I've always found like the infant, it's a, any image of the infant Jesus is a powerful reminder, but also a painful challenge mm-hmm. to never become so distant from the Lord to where I can't pick him up as an infant. Mm-hmm. I have to have that sensitivity to embrace the Lord. And I, I think not just for men, but men and women, yes, we become and so Father, busy. Father, and, and we live in a culture that yeah. is in, uh, you know, at war, you right. know, with the, the sacred and the beautiful yeah. and the precious and, and so when, as we look at this image of the Christ child here, you know, as the sacred heart, and we reflect on our own hearts, you know, this is a deep dive. You know, this yeah. hour is what's going on in my heart. And, and I yeah. just was telling someone this week, I'm like, we have to be willing yeah. to want to change, right? right? Like we can't be so stuck in our yeah. our coldness that that the Lord can't let his light in. So the this deep, beautiful devotion to the heart of Jesus is a journey of the heart, and yet it also begins with, um, you know, Lord, touch my heart. You know, mm-hmm. let let it go on the great adventure. You know, there, there's there's more than what you might, um, or yes, there's more to what you are yeah. you are experiencing because we know through the lives of the saints, you know, that um, there's always more. And so, as for many of us, we've packed up our nativity scenes, but as we're here today, it's. It's just beginning, right, Father? And I, you just hit on something. It's like, you know, living in the present moment with peace, a peace that comes from knowing we've seen salvation, mm-hmm. you know, and how often is the case, you know, you run into someone who, they're a disciple of the Lord. They know, they love, they serve the Lord. And yet in their speech, it's it reflects an incredible turmoil, an incredible sense of yearning, waiting for some kind of relief that only the Lord can bring. And it's like, you, but you attended Mass this morning. Like, you saw your salvation when the priest elevated the host at consecration. You received our Lord, you know? You received your salvation. It's like, you and I, whenever we go to adoration, you and I, whenever we pray the Holy Mass, you and I, whenever we receive our Lord in Holy Communion, you know, we are actually ramping things up a bit from what Simeon got to experience in the temple. He got to see. We get to see and receive mm-hmm. and live. So there's a there's supposed to be a peace, a consolation from knowing that we have seen the salvation of the Lord, Jesus, but we've also received him. And of course, that's a wrestling match, which in and of itself is exhausting to kind of go back to what is my default, turmoil, or what is my default, rest in the Lord. Mm-hmm. I've seen the salvation of the Lord. And just with everything going on um, today in our lives, either as individuals, as families, as a nation, as the world, 
it's like, okay, where does my default, you know, where, where do I tend to fall back on? And it has to be that, like, I have seen the Lord. I know he is here. And I think that's the powerful thing about having the sacred heart in the home. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's, you know, ramping it up a bit and actually making that public declaration through the enthronement. You know, you, oh Lord, you are the king, the brother, the friend of all who dwell here. You are the Christ, the Messiah, the Savior. And a lot of times, you know, we'll receive comments or feedback. It's like, well, you know, how is that biblical? And it's like, um, well, he's Lord. So, <laughs> and we're admitting him as such. Um, and I, there's just something very beautiful, very liberating about all of that. Um, and yet, as you highlighted, it's important to make sure that we're fully alive in the present moment and our default is the salvation that the Lord has brought and that we've seen in his mm-hmm. face and we've, we've received in his heart. And we want the light of Christ to touch our hearts, but it really is also about impacting those around us, right? You don't hide the light of Christ. You, you allow that light to, to impact your heart, to impact those. And so, you know, this first Friday is always a reminder yeah. that every you know, month, every yeah. single month that, um, not only because St. Margaret Mary revealed the promises, the, the first being that those who expose and honor, they shall be blessed. So Jesus wants his image in your home. You can, you can have confidence in that. Um, I have it on the back of my cell phone. So when I check in at the gym, you know, the, the guy always kind of <laughs> chuckles cause I turn my phone around, but I want him to, I, I want, I flash a little Jesus at him and you know, when I'm checking in at the gym, because he comes everywhere with me. That's, that's part of knowing my dignity is that the Lord is with us everywhere, especially, um, in our home. You know, in the, um, a lot of times we will hear from people, uh, Catholic or, you know, uh, Protestant, maybe even people who just don't believe or they believe in everything. Who knows? You know, well, where is that found in the Bible? You know, Father, I want to grow deeper. I want to have these roots of our devotions, like actually go back into scripture, go back into tradition. And earlier, when we began this show on this first Friday of the month dedicated to the Sacred Heart, which is also today on February 2nd, the Feast of the Presentation of the Lord, you highlighted that reference to Luke. And, you know, to our listeners, it's just an invitation. It's an encouragement. Um, You know, everything we're recalling today is found in the Gospel of Luke in the second chapter. And for those of you who are able to pray the Mass today, we really encourage and invite you to do so. And if you're able to receive our Lord, just to remember with sincerity of heart, offer up the graces he gives you in that Holy Communion. If you're able to go to confession, offer up the graces you receive in that confession uh, in reparation for sins against the heart of Jesus. But when you hear the gospel proclaimed, you're going to be hearing these references to Simeon, and you're going to be hearing the references to Anna and Mary as Our Lady and good St. Joseph bringing the infant into the temple. All of that is what we call the presentation of the Lord, and that's extracted from the second chapter of the Gospel of Luke. And you know, it's sometimes like you, we just need to ask the Lord for the grace to have that like seared in our memory, you know, mm-hmm. because we never remember it when we're in a conversation that's heated mm-hmm. or a debate, you know, mm-hmm. or where we felt like we've been put to the challenge or put to the test. We never remember. It's like, yeah, it's in there somewhere. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's in the index, you know, it's a footnote in the gospel. You know? <laughs> no, it's like, I love ch- that you can just remember Luke 1, Luke 2, right? <laughs> Rosary, Blessed Mother, Presentation, Visitation. So beautiful. It's, it it, it kind of can get that. So I need, I need really simple father. Like <laughs> I need the, cl- I do need a cliff note, note version. But what I also realized is that, you know, this is the roadmap, right? Like yeah. Mary's response, Joseph's steadiness and, and his faith. I mean, 
if you want to have a good family, you want to ultimately have a holy family. Mm. And and this is the attack. The culture we live in has never um, revealed so clearly that your family is under a spiritual attack. And most people are, you know, more worried about, you know, their grass seeds right now and what's going to happen in the spring versus saying, you know what, this this time matters. And it only happens when the light of Christ can come into your heart and into your home. Yeah. No, I think if um, we would have a long litany, uh, impossible to even cover, you know, in an hour, let alone a day, maybe even a week, if we were to list all of the struggles, all of the challenges that mm-hmm. are facing just one person. Mm-hmm. And then if you, you know, exacerbate that and expand it to a family and then a neighborhood and a, you know, a city. And yet the Lord takes all of that. He takes it all and he wraps it all up. And then he poses the, you know, the challenge as much as an invitation, give it to me. And I therein lies the wrestling match. It's like, am I, okay, I've given it to you, but he's like, okay, now let go. Um, well, I just need to keep at least one hand on this. <laughs> we want to own the struggles rather than let the Lord have total possession of them. And when we encounter the infancy of Jesus, when we encounter his sacred heart, when we really lower our head before the Lord and give our lives to him, those struggles, and as you said earlier, perfectly, the other side of that coin, the joys. Mm-hmm. You know, the, um, When we give it to him, he gives us that vision, that perspective to realize uh, he is with us, he's among us, Emmanuel, God is with us. And we also realize the name of Jesus, he saves, mm-hmm. you know, God saves. So he's not only among us, but he's also saving us. And therein lies, I mean, the point of our liberty, the point of our compassion, the point of uh, not only being set free, but also being able to live in peace. And when you look out upon so many people, our children, our parents, uh, our spouses, when you're at Mass and you look at the face of the priest, you don't have to look far to see the stress mm-hmm. on people's faces, you know? And yet, as Catholic Christians, praise the Lord, we're able to also look at the Lord in the Holy Eucharist, in his heart. And I think it, that's, you know, kind of uh, lead into another beautiful uh, gift for the local church here in central Ohio. You know, Bishop Fernandez, he asked all the priests to have to start initiating special holy hours on the Thursday before the first Friday. And, um, you know, some of my brothers are like, oh, here we go. We're all adding things on. You know? And it's like, well, you know, it's actually nothing new. He, he's restoring a mm-hmm. long-held practice of spending time with the Lord on that Thursday, the day he instituted the Eucharist and the priesthood, spending the time with that Lord in that hour when he was in the garden before he entered into the Friday mm-hmm. of the Passion. And to like delve deep into the first Friday of the month where everything's given to the heart of Jesus in union with him as he makes his journey to Calvary that night before, just a holy hour. And of course, the bishop has asked priests and parishes to have an hour of adoration. And yet we have someone like the Apostle of the Sacred Heart, Father Matteo, who's always like, you can do that hour in your home, mm-hmm. nocturnal adoration, you know? And, uh, and it's really powerful, and it's a challenge, too. But it's got to be deliberate, right, Father? Yeah. And a lot of times we have maybe—and and we'll talk about Lent in the next section— like these really great intentions, but we also can't just live with, I have good intention, right? Right. And as you were speaking a few minutes ago, I was thinking about you know the sufferings, and, and you, you really shared beautifully that we do all have it, mm. but when we cling to this— you know, what do we get out of it? Like yeah. when we hold back, I get misery. 
I get misery. So the, the truth is, don't cling, don't half give, don't just live in a land of intention, but but begin to allow conversion yeah. to settle in and take place. But it we got to do the heavy work. We can't just yeah. think about going to the gym. We got to go to the gym to exercise or going for a walk. Same thing with our prayer life. We have to be active yeah. in it so that the grace can flow and and not hold back, not not partly hand it over so that we keep the misery around just as a company. No, that's so true. And right now the church is really, she, she has like, she's having been, uh, she's been having like a Pentecost moment. Mm -hmm. There's all of these movements and all of these intentional efforts to acknowledge our wounds, present our wounds so that they may be healed, which I think is on one hand, great. But the other challenge is given the frailty of our humanity, people get addicted to thinking about their wounds. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, they always, they always, every time there's an opportunity to be healed, they have to run over there and it's like, okay, how long have you been on the hunt to have your wounds healed? Years. Okay. Well, without a doubt, the Lord's given the grace for those to be healed, but can we now look at what else there is that he's offering other than the healing? And that's a part of letting go, letting mm-hmm. the Lord heal. And I always go back to the analogy of a scar. Mm-hmm. A scar is a sign of a wound that has been healed. But if you're ashamed of having the scar, that means you're ashamed of the healing the Lord gave you mm-hmm. for that wound. See, we're all fixated with this idea of perfection. Mm-hmm. Like, well, I don't even want the scar there. So when's he going to heal the scar? It's like, well, that's the reminder that he's been at work in your life. Mm-hmm. So don't get, don't seek to get rid of the scar. Allow him to heal the wound and then move on. And move on. Praise the Lord. You know? And that's the new beginning, right? That's yeah. what I love about the enthronement is it's hope for everyone. There yeah. is hope for every soul out there. Yeah. And, you know, we believe wholeheartedly yeah. in the reign of Christ, heart by heart, you know, conquering home by home. But you have to also participate as well. Right. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, having that perspective. So as today, as we celebrate the Feast of the Presentation of the Lord on February 2nd, but as it's the first Friday of the month, we think of the heart of Jesus and we think of, you know, think of that picture of the Sacred Heart that perhaps you grew up with or you saw in your grandparents' home or you saw in a holy card or a book or at church and a statue, a mosaic, an icon, you know, painting. I mean, think about how the heart is inflamed with a fire, a fire of charity, a fire that purifies, a fire that restores and sanctifies. And, uh, you know, think of that as we are with you in this hour, uh, the Sacred Heart Hour here on St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. And so as we bring to a close this first segment, and we hope you'll join us for the next, we invite you to join us in a spirit of prayer as we just kind of renew uh, the kingship that we want the Lord to have in our hearts. Most kind Jesus, we humbly kneel at thy feet. In our spirits, we renew the consecration of ourselves to your divine heart. Be our king forever. In you, we have full and entire confidence. May your spirit penetrate our thoughts, our desires, our words, and our deeds. Bless all of our undertakings, share in all of our joys, as well as in our trials and in our labors. Grant us to know you better, to love you more, and to serve you without faltering. Amen. Amen. When the apostles saw Jesus walking on water, they were terrified. They thought it was a ghost. Peter blurted out, If it's you, tell me to come to you. On one hand, he was looking for a miracle, but I think Peter also was looking for something else to prove that it was the Lord. There was something about Jesus' words that may have been unlike any other voice in Peter's life. You see, Peter didn't just believe in Jesus. Jesus believed in him. At his first encounter with Jesus, Peter said, Depart from me, I'm a sinful man. And he heard the unthinkable. Come follow me, 
you'll be a fisher of men. In other words, I see more in you than you see in yourself, Peter. So when he heard, come, walk on the water, Peter knew who it was. Jesus is the voice that wants to empower you and build you up. Do yourself a favor and stop listening to that critical voice in your head that keeps ripping you down. It's not God. This is Chris Stefanik from reallifecatholic.com. Catholic women, time is running short to register for the Columbus Catholic Women's Conference on Saturday, February 17th. You don't want to miss this special Girls' Day Out, so register today. You'll hear inspiring speakers, enjoy uplifting music, have time to shop, and connect with other women of faith. To register for this special Girls' Day Out, the Columbus Catholic Women's Conference on February 17th, go to stgabrielradio.com. I went to church and just sat there and listened. I really didn't absorb anything. I think I just found myself believing that I didn't need God. I just had everything under control and church was actually a, a burden to me. I had this sin that I carried in my heart for a long time. And I told myself for many, many years that the Lord wouldn't forgive me for this. When, when Father in the confessional says, your sins are forgiven, there truly is a, a feeling of, of weight lifted off. I don't care if it's two or three little sins that you're carrying, there's a feeling of I can breathe deeply again. I feel pure inside and I'm, and I'm ready to come to Mass. You can have a beautiful car, a big fancy home. If you don't have Christ in your life, there's an emptiness that's there. When you come home to the, to the church, you're coming home to a Catholic family where people today just embrace you. If you've been away from the Catholic Church for whatever reason, we invite you to take another look. Visit catholicscomehome.org today. Welcome back to the Sacred Heart Hour here on St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. As we enter into the second segment of Sacred Heart Hour, we invite you to join us by returning to the Sacred Heart of Jesus on this first Friday of the month and offering up to Him in prayer all of who we are and all that we carry within. O most holy heart of Jesus, fountain of every blessing, I adore you, I love you, and with a lively sorrow for my sins, I offer you this poor heart of mine. Make me humble, patient, pure, and wholly obedient to your will. Grant, good Jesus, that I may live in you and for you. Protect me in the midst of danger. Comfort me in my afflictions. Give me health of body, assistance in my temporal needs. Your blessing in all that I do, and the grace of a holy death. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Once again, welcome to the Sacred Heart Hour. This is Father Stosh Daly joining you live from St. Gabriel Radio, joined by Emily Jaminette. Good morning, Father. And uh, we've been bouncing around all over the board, covering all of the many different things that the Lord and His divine providence is providing for us to consider today and this morning on this hour here at St. Gabriel Radio, as it's the first Friday of the month. So once again, on the first Friday, everything is kind of oriented, focused on, uh, emanating from even the heart of Jesus. And then on the calendar, being the 2nd of February, you know, everyone else is looking for that rodent to crawl out of a hole mm -hmm. in Pennsylvania to mm -hmm. see if it's going to have a shadow. I was kind of curious <laughs> if it happened or not. <laughs> and we're like, no, look at the infant in the temple 2,000 years ago. And yes. they're like, oh, look at the living roadkill. We're like, no, we have very different perspectives here. Hey, I love that. That's like, we focus on the Christ child. They focus on, on Santa. <laughs> we focus on the infant. They're focusing on the groundhog. But isn't that weird? Like, think about that. We're looking at the light that comes forth from the infant and they're like look at the shadow that the rodent gives <laughs> you're like okay yeah i don't like 
I don't, I don't, not sure what to do with that. No, I, I think it's like, um, are we here again? You know, that's usually what I think on, on uh, all of that. Like, the and kids, I never really get the whole the Abraham Lincoln holding it. You yeah. know, it's like, what is going on? Those things smell. You know, it's like, hold the baby, please. Come on, pick up the infant. So a little bit of the contrast, you know, between the reality of the world and the reality of the church, all unjust, of course, but you know. There's just so much to consider today, and we hope that you, uh, as our St. Gabriel Radio family, are joining us and considering all of these things, the presentation of the Lord, the gift of our holy Catholic faith, the opportunity to bring the heart of Jesus into our homes, uh, but also to acknowledge him as the king by making that act of the enthronement, and then also going a step further and farther to bring the heart of Jesus into our own hearts, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, and of course, you know, <laughs> Emily's father, Chuck, he, he was just kind of prompted by the Holy Spirit a couple of years ago. He would always say, you know, the thing is honoring, mm-hmm. keeping that honor going, mm-hmm. you know, is to enthrone the Lord in the home indeed, but then also is like, keep it alive. Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, I really think that was a prompting from the Holy Spirit because that's usually where we drop the bucket, right? You know, well, it's like and, we bring the Lord in. And that goes back to the promise, right? Yeah. Because those who expose and honor, exactly. like, and some yeah. t- some of us are really nervous to expose, right? You know, some people sure. have said, I don't know where I hang the image and yeah. maybe my decorator needs to come over and my <laughs> husband doesn't like this. And it's like, an el- you know, the whole family is yeah. is a little bit off, off hinge on that. But others of us, like me, I got them everywhere, you know, and I oh, forget. Oh, yeah, totally. Absolutely. I totally forget that, yeah. like, for someone who's not used to images all right. throughout the house, yeah. you know, it's like, oh, I think you left a prayer card in the bathroom. <laughs> oh, actually, I meant to do that. You know, <laughs> he's everywhere. When he's, you see him, like, there is to the no mirror. corners <laughs> in this house that he is not. You know, I'm a mom of seven. I know Jesus needs to go everywhere. Laundry room, you know. So, so the truth is, is that this is a beautiful new beginning of not just exposing the image so for some of you you might be like i gotta find the perfect image i gotta and you'll be scrolling the internet well you could scroll till jesus comes back again i recommend just go to welcome his heart get your image get it up and then the second part is honor and actually this is this is harder um it's a constant renewal that's why we do our monthly newsletter at welcomehisheart.com we have that constant newsletter we have this beautiful program that isn't just servicing um, our central Ohio, our Ohio uh, community. It, it services all over the world. This is a key um, program for renewing and, and and helping us to grow closer to Christ. And then sometimes, Father, as we go to live events, right? We actually get in our car and we can go on retreats. We can go um, away for conferences. And for many of us in this uh, Columbus area, we have a key annual event the Columbus Catholic Men's Conference and the Columbus Catholic Women's Conference in the month of February. So I think this is always pivotal in my mind. First being the Women's Conference, February 17th. Uh, doors open at 8 p.m. or 8 a.m. and cl- uh, will end with Mass at the end of the day, uh, concluding around 5 p.m. Wonderful speakers and guests. Uh, it's it's really an opportunity to not only be fed with with witness and fed with um, the gift of the mass, confession. Um, Michelle, family, and I interviewed. We're, did you know we're going to have the relics of Padre Pio? I had heard that. Yeah. yeah. So this is kind of, so if you're just like, I don't, I'm not there for the music. I'm not there for anything, but I just want to see the relics. <laughs> like we got that for you for the women's conference on February 17th. Um, and then February 24th is the 
Columbus Catholic Men's Conference, the 27th annual conference. Um, the theme is Eucharist Go Deeper. They also have some speakers, adoration, reconciliation, breakfast, lunch. Um, both conferences will be at the fairgrounds. And um, you can either go to the individual webpage to learn more, catholicmensministry.com or columbuscatholicwomen.com, or you can visit St. Gabriel radio.com right and that is a great way to get everything you need right there with one click and I, you know if you are listening to the the show right now you're listening to the sacred art hour here on st gabriel radio and on the inside you're thinking i just i don't know where the first step is mm-hmm. like i where's the first step i need to take what direction do i need to look so i can just try to get back on track mm-hmm. you know and We've all been there. Mm-hmm. So if you're thinking that to yourself right now, you are not alone. We've all been there. And sometimes we all find ourselves there over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it's fair to say without exaggerating, the conferences are an excellent first step. Mm-hmm. And when you go there and you encounter your sisters in Christ or your brothers in Christ, you'll find that they went once and they had to fight reality to get there. I mean, everything was just like seeming to keep them away. And yet they just went. And sometimes individuals will go on their own and they feel totally just lost in the big crowd, and yet something is said, something unfolds, the grace is palpable, and they realize, this is how I need to start, you know? And then you'll meet other people who uh, are very much in your shoes, and yet that was 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. And they realize every year this is something I do uh, because it's another step along the path. And these are powerful events. And I think it's also very beautiful to share with all of you that these these did not come about as a result of some institutional decision mm-hmm. on the part of you know some little board somewhere. These came about as a result of the promptings of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were basically organized as reunions to bring people together so that they can share with one another the the holy faith, the riches of the faith, um, and keep their eyes on the Lord, keep their eyes on His divine grace, and take that next step together. So, if you're asking to yourself, I don't, you know, where do I even begin? Where's that first step? Where's the what's the direction I'm supposed to take? Consider this invitation to go to the the men's conference or the women's con- conference, um, and then let that be your step. You know, make use of the sacrament of confession, pray the holy mass. You know, it's usually it's not uncommon to hear from literally thousands of people that the confession was what they needed Amen. when they needed it. And that, I mean, think of the joy in the heart of Jesus at seeing all and of his disciples about, come together. You know, a lot of times in our prayers, when you listen to the to the prayers of others, they're praying on behalf of family members, yeah. friends, my friend that has left the faith, my friend's children left the faith, my yeah. friends. You know, a lot of times, like you said, when we're off that track, we need an opportunity yep. for conversion. Yeah. And the Men's and Women's Conference is designed to not only renew you, but to um, provide an opportunity for you to Mm. bring someone along who might need to take a second look at the, uh, you know, the church that they were baptized in, the church that they went to Catholic school or First Communion or, you know, say, we want you to re-experience this gift. But it always kind of amazes me, Father, because I love the Women's Conference. I such a gift, the Men's Conference. But how many people just say like, oh, I'm okay, you know? And I'm like, this is an opportunity. Every year the Lord offers you a gift, um, just like in retreats. And and yet um, I'd love to see more than There's no replacing being there in person. There's no replacing being there in person. 
But, you know, if I run into someone and they just can't go, maybe because they're at home recovering from a surgery or an injury or they just have mobility issues, it's like, you know, you're able to hear some of the talks, you know, well, if you can chime in. St. Gabriel, <clears throat> I think I'm glad you brought that up because this radio station provides such unique opportunities. And one is you can listen into the yeah. conference and listen into the talks. So I always listen to the men's conference talks. <laughs> I am always You're present. following the footsteps of your mother. You're yeah. eavesdropping on e the men's eavesdropping conference. Eavesdropping <laughs> on what my husband's hearing. But you know, what's interesting is it makes for better conversation when he gets <clears throat> totally. home. Totally. Because I can have a dialogue, yeah. not just um, a monologue of, of what happened. It's like, well, I like that too. So I think it's important that we support these great um, apostolates and these great opportunities such as the men's and women's conference. And it, it, there's a huge witness uh, value to the conferences. I mean, all of, anyone who's driven up and down 71 is used to the traffic at the fairgrounds and the, the old crew stadium. And you're like, what big event is not clogging up the freeway today, you know? But you know, in February, it's the, the Catholic conferences, mm -hmm. the one Saturday for the women, the next Saturday for the men. And it's a huge witness value. You're like, oh, like these Catholics have their act together. Like they're having not just a conference for like five half dead people, but thousands of people who want to be alive. And I've always thought when I, you know, I'm in the line to get into the parking lot and uh, you stop at the attendant booth and they see my Roman collar, they're like, oh, I know where you're going. <laughs> it's like, I'm one of like 30 priests, 50 priests. And um, it's just really amazing. And I, it, they're always just joyful, mm -hmm. you know? And they're like, you know, it's inevitably over the last couple of years, I've always ended up with somebody who has been there working several years. Mm -hmm. And they're like, we can always tell when the Catholic conference is here because everyone's so nice when they're trying to get into the parking lot, even though there's a big parking jam, you know, traffic jam trying to get in. But it's just a beautiful, beautiful disposition in the air, right? Amen. That witness value. And it's the same when you're going to Sunday Mass. Mm -hmm. I mean, think about all the people just going about their business, maybe being lost. They're just stuck in the routine and yet they see the traffic pulling into St. XYZ Parish for Sunday Mass, you know? Those people still believe. Not perfect, still have their struggles, but they're going to present themselves to the Lord. It, there's something very powerful about just that simple, run-of-the-mill witness factor. And this is unique to all across the country, the fact that I don't know another conference that does them back-to-back, -back, oh, a women's conference, yeah. a men's conference, and they are. this is the largest, especially the women's conference in the country, uh, like it's the way that these are set up. So we are getting re an opportunity to be a leader yeah. in evangelization and how to present. And so I, I thank the Matt Palmer. I think Michelle Fanley. I think those who have said yes year in and year out and um, invite a friend. So and pray for them because for them. organizing these events, I mean, they're under a ton of just temptation and doubt and everything else. And that just comes with it. You know, when you're trying to do something beautiful for the Lord, that's going to literally draw thousands you know, you're going to make some people not so happy or yeah. creatures not so happy. So we yeah, pray for them and we thank good. them for organizing these events. And we just ask the Holy Spirit to guide them and shield them and for their angels to, you know, lay out the path that they have to walk, the organizers. Well, Father, before we talk about the conferences, there's a very significant day coming up, um, the beginning of Lent, which falls on Valentine's Day. <laughs> so it's Valent Day, Valent Time is how I've been chuckling in my head thinking about, you know, Valentine's Day and Lent come crashing together. You know, all of the men get a freebie because this year when they forget it's St. Valentine's, it's like, oh, I mean, given that it's Ash Wednesday, I didn't want to tempt you into doing something that we just can't, you know? <laughs> and they're like, and the wives are like, whatever. <laughs> oh, I didn't get you chocolate this I year. I realize we have to fast and abstain on Ash Wednesday yeah. and it's St. Valentine's Day, but nevertheless, you could have given a card 
hard. Yeah. <laughs> well, and and it's about the heart, right? You know, um, the the gift of this opportunity of entering into a, a whole season, the season of Lent is the opportunity for us to change our hearts really right what what has kind of gotten crusty around the heart maybe it's our you know our devotion maybe it's eliminating these these vices that are really holding us back or just allowing Christ spending more time in prayer more mm-hmm. time of um even fasting fasting is such a gift cuz when i fast father i see how weak i am yeah no, there's a painful truth to that. And of course, it's the fasting, the almsgiving, and the prayer. And you're right. Whenever we set out upon a discipline of penance, I think it's, first of all, very important that we, we remind ourselves of the disposition that all Christians are supposed to be penitential mm-hmm. year-round. And penances are not punishments. Penances are just invitations to grow in discipline. And if that sounds very foreign or if that even sounds just bizarre, it's that in and of itself is a reminder that we we live at a time that is very, very focused on gratification. Mm-hmm. Gratification through the senses, gratification through just things, material things. And yet gospel simplicity, a penitential way of life, calls us to let go of that attachment to just things. Uh, and sometimes things can be food. But it's also just a general disposition to have a penitential way of life. And when you look at the saints, right, you always encounter our brothers and sisters who lived a beautiful penitential way of life. It doesn't mean they walked around whipping themselves. You know, that's an image given to us by the popular media of the day. But it means these are men and women who had their eyes focused on heaven, and they did not allow themselves to be distracted by the good things of this world, but rather they allowed the good things of this world to have their proper place Mm -hmm. in their life but they kept their priorities correct. They kept their focus on the Lord. And you know, we can see that a penitential person, a penitential disciple of Jesus is the one who realizes, oh, Sunday mass, oh, big game, oh, sale at the store, you know? And then uh, you know, maybe the list goes on and on and on. The penitential person is one who's like, proper priorities, mm-hmm. the Lord comes first, then the family, right? But then also rest and prayer throughout the day. That's a that's a sign of a penitential person, uh, and it's not a punishment. We have to let go of that idea of penances and punishments being synonymous. Penances are acts wherein we're able to like live the journey. In the words of our brother Saint Paul, we're able to run the race. Mm-hmm. Well, you can't run the race if you're not going to be disciplined, if you're not going to be penitential. And so, just kind of reclaiming some of our language. That's really a task that we have to undertake as Christians. Reclaim some of our language just tweak a bit some of those definitions and uh, and realize it's not just for Lent, but Lent is definitely where we ramp it up a bit, where we kick it up a notch. Well, one thing I found is that changing the language even in our own home, like we get to go to Mass. Exactly. how I talk about Sunday totally. Mass. And everyone in my entire family gets to go. It's yeah. not like, oh, you sleep in just because, like never, you know, right. because this is a gift for many Christians around the world. They, they'd be persecuted. They are going to Mass and putting their life at risk. Yeah. So we get to, we get to enter into Lent right. because it still is a decision, you know, yeah. and every day of Lent is a decision to participate. But Father, you know, when you were talking, I was thinking about a lot of times, especially um, in, in my vocation of being a wife and mom, I I have to do certain tasks, but it's my attitude that is absolutely transformative to how I view it and how I participate. 
So, you know, that kitchen's messy. I get to clean the kitchen, but I could clean it with a really bad attitude <laughs> and be cranky about it, you know. And everyone hears or it I taking can place. <laughs> offer it up and and <clears throat> make it part of the the penance of the day, right? Yeah. And praying for those. Um, so it's it's really important that our life is lived out. Yes, we're a great witness if we're here at the radio station or we're mm-hmm. at mass or you know we're assisting. But it's also in the quietness of how do we behave. Yeah. What are our thoughts? What are the thoughts we entertain? And last night, everyone's always invited to our Sacred Heart monthly meeting, the, the Thursday before the first Friday at St. Paul's uh, in the lower area after the mass there. But one of the things we talked about as we're preparing for Lent is what we have to give up is the distraction mm. of our phone and our media and our, you know, you, you don't just watch one show. You could watch like 25 shows yeah, on you know these streaming devices or you know, constantly checking your phone or checking your social media, like, you know, giving your, even your, your brain a space to be reflective and, and to contemplate. So um, I know for me, this Lent, that's going to be a huge piece. It's going to be, I get to making sure my attitude yeah. is in check and, so true. and, and I articulate the joy of the faith to my children. I think that's as grandchildren, as grandparents and parents and, and mentors, you know, share the joy, you know, Put the smile on the face, right. even when you're fasting. Like yeah. it's almost a gift to not have to think about all those components that can be very distracting. No, absolutely, and it's also a very uh, everything you just shared is from the road, mm-hmm. and that's where people are driving. That's where mm-hmm. people are walking. That's where people are today. Um, you know, that's that's not so much advice coming from the couch. That's advice coming from the road. Like, this is how we get where we're going because mm-hmm. I'm just driving around, you know, <laughs> wondering, am I aimless in my driving or mm-hmm. am I intentional? Do I know where I'm going? And so it's perfect advice. And yet at the same time, you know, on this uh, feast of the presentation of the Lord, this first Friday, the Lord is the one who gives us that direction, mm-hmm. you know. And when you feel like you're lost, when you feel like you're just driving around aimlessly, walking around without purpose, Am I cleaning the house because someone's visiting or am I cleaning the house because it's worthy of me to live in a place that's clean, you know? Mm. Um, Am I doing this because someone's going to be inspecting the baseboards to see if there's cobwebs behind that? Or am I doing it because, no, this is like, I'm a a disciple of Jesus, you know? And and I think, you know, when we see that reality, the difference in perspective, once again, um, doing this uh, with the Lord in mind, um, that's not just like Jesus freak talk. (laughs) <laughs> it's living a right order. And I think when when we hear that, oftentimes people are written off as fanatics. People are written off as um, maybe even lunatics, you know, but the message that we've been speaking about, keeping the Lord at the center, keeping his heart as our own heart, it's a message that really brings peace. It brings consolation, living the life of the church and having that life of the church be present in the home. And even if it means changing our language, oh, I get to I was to just going to gonna mass, say language. Know? Because we can't talk about Lent without looking, yeah. you know, focusing on our mouth, right, Father? Like, what's coming out? <laughs> what's going in? And what's, what's coming going out? in? And what's coming out? And a lot of times, you know, it, a bad attitude is is almost something that is passed on. Like, I can notice that I, all of a sudden, I can be in this great mood, and then I start thinking or talking to someone, 
and and I'm saying the exact same things mm. that are they, yeah. they're not life giving, right? Yeah. So let's make sure our words are life giving. Right. Let's make sure that we are encouraging those in our life as they run the race, as we run the race. Yeah. You know, and um, when those little trials happen, you know, what are you going to do about it? Right. And I promise that is your witness, especially to your children. Yeah. If you want your children to come back to the faith. Show them how to endure a difficult trial mm. with peace and joy and remind them that, and maybe even a little laughter, you know, we had a little situation last week that it, it was like, oh, this, how did you lose that? You know, how did my son lose that? But my response is pivotal to proclaiming the gospel of, of these teaching moments um, in, in our life day in and day out. So Lent is an opportunity. Mm. Uh we have been journeying with you through this hour dedicated to the Sacred Heart of Jesus here on St. Gabriel Radio, while also kind of offering some insights, our own personal reflections and meditations upon the beauty of the feast day, which falls today on the calendar, February 2nd, the presentation of the Lord Jesus Christ in the temple. And uh, once again, just an invitation to you to renew the honor you give to the Lord in his most sacred heart, in your home, in your life, in your heart, in your own heart. And if perhaps, uh, or even by chance, you do not have the heart of Jesus in your home. We invite you to uh, you know, bring the heart of Jesus into your home first in that spiritual communion you have with the Lord through Holy Communion, but then also find that image of the heart of Jesus that really speaks to you. It communicates his divine love and for- forgiveness and mercy to you. Bring that image of the sacred heart into your home. Have it blessed by your parish priest. And then you know, make that uh, ceremony, that act of enthronement, and of course, uh, you know, Emily, if you could give us that the information online, you know, mm-hmm. how does someone who wants to renew heading into Lent, perfect time to like build up the reserves, you know, someone who needs to uh, encounter the Lord for the first time, perhaps, you know, where, where's the resources for them to go to find out that the information on the Sacred Heart enthronement? Sure. Um, I think the first place I would recommend they go is to welcomeisheart.com. We have a Lenten journey right there. You can sign up and I'm doing daily emails on the sacred heart of Jesus. So you can journey with the Lord this Lent. Also at Welcome His Heart, you can get a digital download. And so you can get the renewal prayers or you can just go forth and make an order and order the material. We bring this hour to a close and we commend ourselves and you as well as our listener family to the heart of Jesus. Dear Sacred Heart of Jesus, we renew our pledge of love and loyalty to you. Keep us always close to your loving heart and to the most immaculate heart of your mother, May we love one another each more, each day, forgiving each other's faults as you forgive us our sins, and teach us to see you in the members of our family and those we meet outside the home, loving them as you love them, especially the poor and oppressed, that we may be instrumental in bringing about justice and peace. Amen. Amen.